I'd like to welcome everybody to the worship service here at the Pearland Church of Christ. We're so grateful that everybody could come out. Uh, we are getting more and more people back uh, since this um, COVID thing started, right? We also want to be grateful and thankful to all the visitors here. You are our honored guest. Today I want to talk about this. I did not come to baptize. It was a question that was posed to me this week while I was on vacation. Yes, I answer questions on vacation. A, a preacher is truly never on vacation. right? You're always working, uh, much like doctors. You know, you're always on call and, and those types of things. Well, the question was brought up to me. What does he mean when Paul says, I did not come to baptize? And there was a, a member of the church who was a fairly new member who is not worshiping here, but as a fairly new member of the church was was that question was brought to them as they were trying to talk um, to someone else. And so they were brought up the question, what does Paul mean then? Paul says you don't have to be baptized. But is that really what Paul means? And so today, if you could open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, so we can be looking there together, and this will be our, our major text. And what we want to do today is look at what the Bible says and let's take away all of our preconceived ideas and our preconceived notions. Let's not worry about what we have been taught, but let's look at what the Bible is teaching. And we can see just what it is Paul was talking about. Here's the text to consider. 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 17, I'll read it for you to understand it. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. Now, if you were to take this verse and just look at it like that, what you're going to believe is that Christ did not send him to baptize. So obviously, baptism's not important. It's not even a part. But what is important, this is if you take it out of context, but to preach the gospel. So this idea leads way to the denominational understanding. And by denomination, understand, I mean just Christendom in general, right? A lot of people. Now, there are a lot of comments and different commentaries that I could have pulled out and put right here, but I'm giving you the sentiment so we don't have to read 40 words to describe what they're meaning. This is what they're meaning in the Christendom world. Paul says he does not he did not come to baptize. Therefore, baptism is not necessary, nor is baptism something that needs to be observed for Christianity and salvation. That is what is being taught in and around America, in and around the churches that are near to us, that because of this, it's unnecessary to be baptized. Now, I want to think about this for the moment, because we know we can't just look at one verse and I mean, we could pull out a verse in the Bible and it says, and then Judas went and hung himself and his entrails came out. What does that mean? If I pull that verse out of context, I better go hang myself. You see, you cannot just take it like that and, um, and, and use it. This is the full context. First Corinthians chapter one, 10 through 17. You see, Paul is arguing the fact to the Corinthians that unity is necessary and there was division among them. So follow along with me as, as we go through here. Now I plead with you, brethren. I beseech you. I'm begging you. I plead with you, brethren. By the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I am pleading with you 
by the authority of Jesus Christ that you all speak the same thing, which implies that they were not speaking the same thing. He's begging them by the authority of Jesus that they speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you, which implies that there are divisions among them. Fancy word for division, denomination, right? Keep that in mind. He doesn't want any division, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Christ wants us to be unified, thinking the same thing, coming to the same conclusions and judging correctly. For it has been declared to me concerning you, somebody has been talking and they're telling Paul all that's going on. Now, this is important. Because we can't understand the context of this verse without understanding the full context. So he says, For it has been declared to me concerning you, my brethren, by those of Chloe's house, that there are contentions among you. So there is fighting going on. I know it. Chloe said so. Now I say this, that each of you says, here's the problem that they're having. He's going to proclaim what he's heard at Chloe's house. But by Chloe's house, look what he says. Each of you is saying, so you Christians are saying this. I am of Paul. There's one division. I am of Apollos. There's another division. I am of Cephas. There's another division. Or I am of Christ. There's the other division. So Paul is saying amongst the brethren, there is a lot of division going on. Some of you are saying, you know, I'm baptized into Paul. Or I'm baptized into Apollos, which Apollos was an eloquent man in the scriptures. He spoke very well. Or I'm of Cephas. Cephas is, a, is a, of Corinth. Look, they're being, they're following these individuals when they're supposed to only be in Christ. Now we can understand what's going on here. Christ doesn't want division. Christ is uh, singular. Christ died for the church. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 4 and following. There is one body, there is one God, there is one Christ. Christ died on the cross for the church, the book of Acts. So we can see very clearly that it's always only ever supposed to be in Christ. But these people are, are making something different of it. And so we ask the question, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Here's the key to understanding verse 17. Here it is. Or were you baptized into the name of Paul? You see, Paul's not saying it's unnecessary. You don't have to baptize. Paul says, I didn't come to baptize, so therefore it's not a necessity. There's no need that you need to do it. Um, you're silly if you think so. And all these people are heretics if they're teaching otherwise. That's what's happening in Christendom. That's what they're teaching. But look what is what you're actually seeing. Or were you baptized into the name of Paul? Now think about it this way. I didn't come to baptize. Christ didn't send me to baptize. In what context? He didn't send me to baptize you into the name of Paul or into the name of Apollos. His mission wasn't to baptize into the name of anyone else. He says, or were you baptized into the name of the Paul, into the name of Paul? Now watch this. Verse 14. I thank God that I baptized none of you. Now, if you stop there, people stop there all the time and they say, see, he didn't baptize anybody. Therefore, it's not necessary. Look what he says. Except 
Crispus and Gaius. So we have Paul saying, I didn't come to baptize, but uh, I'm glad I didn't baptize none of you, but I did baptize Crispus and Gaius. So which is it? Did he come to baptize or did he not come to baptize? Is it necessary or is it unnecessary? Watch what he says now. Lest anyone should say that I had baptized in my own name. Verse 16. Yes, I also baptized the house of Stephanus. So now you got Paul baptizing a whole house. He's baptized Christmas. He's baptized Gaius. The problem is, verse 15, lest anyone should say that I baptized in my own name. Look at this. Verse 17. Well, we'll finish verse 16. Yes, I also baptized the household of Stephanus. Besides, I do not know whether I baptized any other. I read one commentary that said, you see, Paul is not concerned with baptism. Therefore, he doesn't remember who he baptized because he really couldn't care. And they said it in other words, but that's what they said. You're kidding me. Like Paul would have to remember maybe a hundred or two hundred thousand people that he's baptized over his life, in, you know, personally. <laughs> so this is what they're saying. But he did baptize. And he, he but he doesn't know how many. We'll get to that later. Here's verse 17. This is our text. For Christ did not send me to baptize. Now we know in the context exactly what Paul is meaning. Christ didn't send me to baptize in my own name that I would separate the body of Christ that you could say I am of Apollos, the sect of Apollos. And neither one, Apollos wasn't sent to baptize so you could be divided. Cephas wasn't sent to baptize you so you could be divided. So here's what's going on. When people are being baptized, they're saying I'm of Apollos. I'm of Paul. Think about Acts chapter 19. And to what were you baptized in, Paul says. And he says, well, we were baptized into John's baptism. I was of John. That's what they're doing. But this is why Paul says, for Christ did not send me to baptize. Of course, he didn't send him to baptize in his own name. Watch this. But he sent Paul to preach the gospel. Now, for reference in this sermon, the gospel is the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what Jesus sent Paul to do, not to be baptizing in his own name and causing division, but to preach the gospel. And in preaching the gospel, he would give the opportunity for every man to obey the gospel and to be baptized into Christ so they could say, I am of Christ. Do you see, Paul wasn't out there preaching. Let me tell you about my own problems. I got whooped 39 times, 40 saved one. I was thrown into prison, be baptized into that. He didn't say that. You see, we have to learn about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is the gospel. Now look what he says. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. Here's another way to look at it. If it's all about the water, where's the cross? So we have Paul here teaching it's not about being baptized into my name or your other name. Christ didn't send me to baptize anybody into anybody else's name, but to preach the gospel so you could obey correctly. That's the key to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's prove that. First Corinthians chapter one and verse two. Here's the Corinthian address. Look at how Paul addresses the Corinthians to the church of God, which is at Corinth. Now, the church 
is the word ecclesia, which means the saved, the called out. So he's addressing the Corinthians as saved and called out. And he says, so the saved of God, the church of God, which is at Corinth, the place where they meet, to those who are sanctified in Jesus Christ, in Christ Jesus, the sanctification of Jesus Christ of the saints happens when you are buried with him in baptism, Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 4 and following. So these people have been sanctified in the blood of Jesus Christ. Therefore, they're saved. So they've been baptized. Now they're being called saints. You see, called to be saints. Peter would say that Christians are saints, holy, a holy nation, a royal priesthood. So we have very clearly, if we're letting the Bible define our words, we very clearly see that these are people who are Christians, saved in the church, They've been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, the mode of which is only baptism to be washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, called to be saints, that is, being coming out of the waters of baptism. Now they're changed creatures, they're saints, with all who in every place call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ our Lord. So now we have a key to the puzzle here that these people were calling on the name of Jesus. And remember that, and we'll get that later. Both theirs and ours. Now, Look at this. When is someone added to the church? When is someone saved? Does somebody need to be baptized? Or are people correct in saying that when Paul says, I did not come to baptize means you don't need to be baptized. I think we've seen very clearly already just in the context that that is just shot out the water. But look at this for further proof. Acts chapter 2 verses 40 through 41. These are Christians coming into Christ in, in the first sermon that was ever preached. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, be saved. Now, that is called out, right? Let's be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. Now, let me let me make it as plain as possible. Every conversion you'll see in the Bible, in the book of Acts, that's where you see the conversions happen from sinner to saint. When you see that happen, it's always they preach the gospel and then they were baptized. The Ethiopian eunuch, for example, Acts chapter 8. He says, what am I reading about in this book? It's Isaiah, right? What am I reading? The eunuch says, is it about him or is it about someone else? And then what does he say? The preacher says, let me tell you what it's about. And he preached to him Jesus, the Bible says. And then immediately after preaching Jesus, he says, look, there's water. And so they commanded the chariot and they both went down and he was baptized. Why? Because the preaching of the gospel, the death, burial and resurrection demands the answer. That's called the obedience to the gospel. And that obedience was submission in baptism to die to yourself, to be raised with Christ, to be added to the church. That's why this is happening. Be saved. Then those who gladly heard this word of the death, burial, and resurrection were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Where were the souls added? You know, this is not talking about physical bodies. He's talking about eternal salvation. So the souls were added. Where were they added? Look at Acts 2 and verse 47. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord, that is Jesus, added to the church, that's the called out, the ecclesia, the church of God, added to his church, the church, singular in nature, you can see that, 
daily those who were being saved. So how are you saved? Look at verse 40 and 41. Be saved. What do I do? I got to hear the word. And then what? And then they were baptized. And then they were added. How does that work? Jesus added them to the church. They heard the gospel. The death, burial, and resurrection. Now you notice that Peter said, he didn't say, you don't need to be baptized. That's uh, God didn't send me to baptize. He didn't say that. So we're seeing the context here. These Corinthians, first Corinthians here, are already Christians. So the object of first Corinthians chapter one and verse 17 is not whether or not Paul indeed said baptism is necessary, not necessary. Let's look at the letter first. He's writing to Christians already. And they were put there by Christ. How do we know that? Further proof. Acts chapter 18, verses 7 through 8. Here's how the, the Corinthians became the church. This is the, the um, conversion account. This is the Corinthians hearing the gospel and being baptized by Paul. And he departed, that is Paul, he departed from there and entered the house of a certain man named Justice. One who worshipped God, whose house was next door to the synagogue. Watch this. Then Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, on the Lord. Now, you remember John 3 and verse 16, right? That God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believed in him should have everlasting life. You know, some versions say believed on him should have everlasting life. Now, watch this. Crispus believed on the Lord with all his house. And many of the Corinthians hearing, that's the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection about Jesus Christ. They believed that message and they were baptized. That's the Corinthian church. So when we look at these kind of contexts and we have these kinds of questions, we've got to look at the whole history. What is the Bible teaching us? Now, what about this? I don't know if I baptized others. The claims are made uh, very widely and very um, as a matter of fact that because Paul didn't keep count of who he was baptizing, that they, therefore I did not come to baptize means you don't need to be baptized. First Corinthians one and verse 16. Yes, I also baptized the household of Stephanus. Besides, I do not know whether I baptized any others. It is very clear. When you look at the, the New Testament, you're going to see John, John the baptizer, that was his name. And so they call him John the Baptist because he was the baptizer. He came baptizing people for the remission of sins, right? For repentance of sins and the forgiveness of sins. And so when he came to do that, he was baptizing and he had disciples that were out baptizing for him also. Case in point, Acts chapter 18. Apollos, who only knew the way of John, was baptizing people into John's baptism. So you see, John had other people baptizing for him also. And what about this? John chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that, Jesus made and baptized more disciples. Watch this. They baptized more disciples than John, and they're attributing them to Jesus. Jesus made and baptized more disciples. But look what it says. Though Jesus himself did not baptize, but his disciples baptized in his name. 
Do you see how that works? So, sure enough, Jesus didn't baptize anybody. He was too busy preaching the gospel. When he's preaching the gospel, it gives people opportunity to be baptized. So he's preaching the gospel, his disciples are preaching the gospel, and those who are obeying are being baptized. But guess what? Jesus is busy with the mission to preach the gospel. People who are hearing that are asking to be baptized, and his disciples are baptizing them in Jesus' name, in that authority. That's why they're attributed to Jesus. Same thing's happening with Paul. Paul has a lot of people who he's converted. And those people are out there making disciples and preaching and teaching. And guess what? Paul says, I don't know how many people I baptize. Because there's so many now, it's hard to keep track. His tree, if you will, like a family tree, here's Paul. He starts baptizing. That thing starts growing and people start baptizing. Now you have a thousand people removed and this person's over here baptizing and say, how does this work? Well, it originally came back to Paul. You see, that's what he means. That I don't know whether I baptize any other because there are a lot, there's a lot happening. But this command is not an option. Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 through 20. Go therefore, now this is Jesus. I want you to hear this clear in contrast to what people are teaching today. So people are teaching that when Paul is saying in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 17 that Jesus did not send me to baptize means you don't have to be baptized. No. In the context of 1 Corinthians, Paul is saying, Jesus didn't send me to baptize people into my own name, into my own sect, and cause all the divisions just like the others, Apollos and so forth. But I came to baptize in Jesus' authority, in Jesus' name. Look at Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Go therefore, Jesus says, and make disciples. So Jesus is giving the command to make disciples of all the nations. Look at the first thing on the list that Jesus told people to do. Make disciples. How do I make disciples? Look, step number one. Do you see the stark contrast between what the Bible is teaching and what people are teaching today? Step one, make the disciple. How? Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. So the apostles who this decree went out to are given the task to teach people to observe all things that Jesus commanded them. And so they're going to teach them the gospel. And those people are going to be baptized. How do we know this? Look at Mark 16 and verse 16. He who believes and is, I know we understand basic grammar. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. Belief with no baptism, no salvation. Baptism with no belief, no salvation. You have to believe in the gospel. That's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that belief has to move you to be baptized, just like they did every other person in the New Testament that was being saved in the book of Acts. There's no exception. But he who does not believe will be condemned. Why? Because the person who does not believe will not be baptized. Do you see? So that's why they're going to be condemned. Now watch this. What does this mean? What does this obey the gospel? Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. Look at what Paul says. He says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. So he's attributing the gospel of Christ to be a certain thing. 
For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. You know, when looking at this context and seeing all the arguments that are out there that people are saying, because Paul said, Jesus didn't send me to baptize, that means I don't have to be baptized. They reference this verse as showing that, see, it's just about the gospel. There's no, there's no baptism in the gospel, this, that, and the other. Well, we're talking about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ here. Now watch this. What is this gospel of Christ? 1 Thessalonians 1, 8-9. And listen carefully. In flaming fire, take, this is Jesus. In flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God. And those, and on those who, you've never seen it. Look what it says. And those who do not obey the gospel. So the gospel is not clearly something you just hear and you get it. It is something that has to be obeyed. So how do you obey? The word is submission. You submit and you die to yourself in the waters of baptism. But see, all that would be rendered null and void if you believe everything people are saying in that Paul says Jesus didn't come to baptize so you don't get baptized. Do you see how the Bible is teaching you that this gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection, is something that needs to be obeyed? And it's the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is what I'm trying to show you. It's not of Paul. This gospel is not of Apollos. When you're being baptized into Christ, you're not going to come out and say, Paul baptized me, so therefore I am being baptized into Paul, therefore I'm a Paulian. You see, Paul was very clear. Jesus didn't send me to baptize. How? In his own name. To make disciples that are called Paulians or Paulites or whatever you want to call them. No, this is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So when you're baptized into this, you are in Christ Jesus. The ones who don't obey, it says, shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. I think it's pretty clear. Look at this. Romans 10, verse 16 through 17. The same author, Paul. Remember, if you're following the argument that was initially said, all you have to do is believe in the gospel. But that's not right because you have to obey the gospel. Now look at this. Romans 10 and verse 16 through 17. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. You see, a lot of people are hearing the word of God. They're hearing the gospel, the good news, the euangelion in the Greek. That's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. They're hearing that message, but some people don't know what to do with it. And when you don't know what to do with it, some people come up with the idea that you don't have to do anything with it. Just believe. Just have faith. We know that's not right either. James chapter 2 and verse 24. For do you not know that faith alone cannot save you? So it's not faith alone. So we got all these things happening. It's a complex situation that you need to believe. You'll hear people, I was saved by faith. Well, did you repent? Well, of course. Well, then it wasn't by faith alone. You repented. You see, there's a, many aspects of, of the key, of the mystery of God and the, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But he's saying this. They have not all obeyed the gospel for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? Remember? He who believes and is baptized. Some people will not believe. That's what's happening here. Who has believed this report? Look at Romans 
chapter 10 and verse 13. This is what I wanted to show you, what Paul was talking about and what was, um, was brought up. Romans chapter 10 and verse 13. For whoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you take that verse alone, you're going to be in the same situation as taking the verse alone that says, Christ did not send me to baptize. You're going to believe that all you got to do is call in the name of the Lord Jesus and you're going to do what people have coined, hands up, head down, Lord Jesus, save me. I'm not joking about that either. If you do some research, it's, it's hands up, heads down, and say, Lord Jesus, save me in variations. But that's not what he's teaching there. That was actually spoken by the prophet Joel in chapter 2 of Joel. Let's look at what the Bible is teaching us. Whoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. How do I do that? Watch Paul's own reaction to obeying the gospel. Acts 22 and verse 16. And now, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. What does this mean? This doesn't mean that he was baptized and then says, Lord Jesus, save me. No, this means that calling on the name of the Lord is the action of you submitting in baptism. That equates calling on the name of the Lord. Now, if you were in an English class, whether it would be at a college level or a high school level, if you came up with any other thing besides that, they would say you're wrong. Because everybody knows grammar. Look at Acts 2.21. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the first sermon that was ever preached. And they heard that gospel message, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now look what happens here. They just heard, call on the name of the Lord and you will be saved. Now when they heard this, you're seeing clearly what they heard. He who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. When they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? So it's meaning that there is something that has to be done when you hear the gospel. That's called obedience to the gospel. He who obeys. 1 Thessalonians 1 and verse 8 through 9. Fire and vengeance are all on those who do not obey the gospel. This is what's happening. They're obeying the gospel. What do we do? What do we do, Peter? And Peter said to them, repent. Yeah, change your life. Try to do the best you can. And let every one of you, look what he says, be baptized. Watch this. Peter is preaching the first sermon to Christians. And the first thing he says is repent and be baptized when they ask what to do with the gospel. That's the death, burial, and resurrection. Now, when you think about that and you contrast that to what people are saying today, they come to the conclusion that because Paul said, Jesus said, um, he didn't come to baptize, then therefore, these people were just doing that as an outward showing of a miraculous inward change. I'm not making this up. You can search it all you want. That's what people are saying, that this is an outward showing of an inward change. And in reality, what the Bible is teaching is it is an act of obedience to God the Father in baptism, in submission, to die to yourself in the name of Jesus Christ for something. What's it for? It's for the remission of sins. Now, the same groups that are going to be teaching that because Paul said this thing in 1 Corinthians 1.17, nobody needs to be baptized, really is non-essential. Those same people will tell you that in Mark 16.16, 16, um, he who believes 
and is baptized shall be saved is really not supposed to be in the Bible. I'm not, I can't make this stuff up. And they will argue that this verse, it's in later, uh, later transcripts and now it's in the Bible. It's not supposed to be there. Well, my argument is this then. Find me a translation in any language that doesn't have it. And the problem is there will never be one. It's in everyone because God wants it in there. Now, the other thing that they come across is this, and they say that the word ace for, that you're baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins, can be used as because of. Here's the other problem. Find me any translation in the entire world that says, in the name of Jesus Christ because of the remission of sins. You won't find it. Because the scholars everywhere know that's how it's supposed to be rendered. And so we have this gospel that demands baptism by Jesus, by the apostles, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Baptism is a demand and is the obedience that one has to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Here's your conclusion. 1 Corinthians 1.17 For Christ did not send me to baptize, and that throws everybody for a muck. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. You see, preaching the gospel is the most important thing. And you're probably thinking, well, what do you mean, preacher? You just gave us a whole lesson about how baptism is necessary. You would never get to baptism if we didn't preach the gospel. So preaching the gospel was Paul's first and foremost objective. That's every disciple's objective. Matthew chapter 28. Everyone is to preach the gospel. And that is the story of Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection. And when you hear that story, you are going to ask the question just like they did in Acts chapter 2, in Acts chapter 8, in Acts chapter 10, in Acts chapter 16, Acts chapter 7. In all these chapters, they ask that question. What do we do with this gospel now that we heard it now? You're not going to see it word for word like that, but you'll see it. What do we do? What must we do to be saved? What do I do now? Every single time it's be baptized. Why? Because that's the gospel. The gospel is that message that we have an opportunity to be a part of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And how do we do that? Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 4. Or do you not know that as many of, many of us as were baptized into Christ, look at that right there, that they were baptized into Christ. See that? This is what Paul was talking about. Christ did not send Paul to baptize into his own name to cause division like we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 10 through 17. Some say they are of Apollos. Some say they are of Paul. Some are of Gaius. And some are of Christ. You see, God never gave Apollos, Gaius, and others authority to baptize people and make them Paulians to make them all these other things. There was never supposed to be that division. So when Paul is proclaiming that, he's proclaiming that the only place there is salvation is in Jesus Christ. You cannot be saved in Paul. You cannot be saved in any one of these other names. Therefore, 
when you are baptized after hearing the gospel message, you're being baptized into Christ Jesus and you were baptized into his death. There's his death, burial, and resurrection. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. See, we're buried with him in the tomb. We're going into his death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead, just as God brought him out of the tomb by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. How do I have that newness of life in Christ Jesus, having part of that death, burial, and resurrection? Look, you see that word? Look what happens when we follow the Bible. When we follow the Bible, we can see very clearly that Paul wasn't negating the necessity of baptism. He was negating that the argument that you should not baptize to separate into other people's names. And he said, Christ didn't send me to baptize. Why would I baptize in my own name? No, I came to preach the gospel. Because when you hear the gospel, you're all going to obey the same way. And that's why he says, finally at the end now, that's why he says to the Romans, that you have obeyed from the heart. Listen carefully. This is word for word. Book of Romans. That you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine by which you were saved. It's because that form of doctrine put them into Jesus Christ, not into a man, not into a division of a denomination, not into whatever it is, only into Christ Jesus and I think Paul would be saying that message loud and clear like, like we teach it today, like I teach it today. Let go of everything outside of Jesus. If you're holding on to a name, let it go. My name used to be Catholic. But when I was baptized into Christ, my name now is Christian. You see how that works? We need to let go and let Christ and live faithful and just be what the Bible wants us to be. Not negating, but studying the Scripture to see what the Bible says. It is clear today that it doesn't mean what people think it means. It is absolutely a necessity. If anybody has any need of anything, please come forward as we stand and as we sing. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power?